0: I really don't know how this happened, but you guys have got me firing at 2022 best ball drafts already. I've done more drafts than I even care to admit. Not as many as some of you some of you guys out there, but I've done my fair share of drafts already. I was firing some last night. I was firing some last week. And I actually think as I've gone through a lot of these drafts, there's a quite a bit of stuff we can learn from these early drafts. These early ADPs, some of the trends, some of the specific player ADPs that are maybe good, bad, indifferent. And I think we can talk a little bit about that today and maybe see how we can use some of that to our advantage in a draft. So we'll hit some of those keynotes first, and then we'll maybe hop into a draft together. Let's get it going. So 2022, we haven't even reached the Super Bowl yet, and here we are. We were talking about it in the Discord today. If you have not joined, signed up for the Spike Week Discord, it's free at spikeweek.com. In the header, just click Discord. It'll take you take you right to the community of a bunch of sick best ball degenerates that are grinding year-round, absolutely year-round. I'll also pop a link into the chat here in just a second we were talking today um how crazy it is that we're already like talking about 2022 like how insane best ball has grown in this past year where last year like i was first starting out doing some of the best ball content i was very much all in on you know the best ball space and doing drafts and everything and i think some other people were as kyle says degenerates. We're all degenerates. But now it's like there's tons of people already thinking about 2022, talking about 2022. And we have contests that make sense to be drafting basically year round, right? We have this big board, which give me five or 10 minutes and maybe we'll hop into one together. But we we have contests that make sense for us to draft right now because you know, there's a debate about like with best ball mania or the DraftKings Kings Millie maker or the draft, the big drafters, best ball championship, that kind of stuff, whether we should be drafting it super early, right? There's tons of, you know, I understand the take of I don't want to draft in May for best ball mania because, you know, you get Cam Akers, you get Michael Thomas, you get JK Dobbins, et cetera, Ed Travis Etienne, et cetera. And I would like to, you know, draft later where there's a little bit more certainty around depth charts, whatever. I get that with these contests, like this big board, it's nothing but everyone drafting against against each other with zero, (laughs) literally zero information. No one has any information. And so they've set it up in such a good way to where um, they can kind of wet our appetite throughout, throughout the entire year. So um, one, there's a couple of, I'm going to hit a couple of quick notes. To talk about, and then we can maybe see how we can um, work them into a work them into a draft. Uh, we're just gonna do the entire screen here. See, so I would probably classify my general thoughts around the early ADP into into these four buckets. There's certainly more. There's certainly more, but you know, last year I remember going back and looking. Specifically, I remember, um, like as draft season got over, I went back and looked at all my drafts, but I, I, re- I remember looking at my very first draft, which actually hilariously advanced in best ball mania to my very first underdog draft, um, was actually one of my best teams It uh, made the semifinals of the of, of best ball mania, but there was sixth, like sixth round Cooper cup, um, I'm trying to think of there were some breakouts like Jamar chase. Some of these guys were on this, on this team, these like young, if you will, breakout type players that you could get last year at a cheaper cost at the right. This was a like late April, early May draft. You could get some of these guys and, and wide receivers. You could get some of these guys later that, you know, I think, The market has changed. And so it's not that there won't be values. It's that particularly on underdog, we're going to have a situation where, so like the very first big board, it actually wasn't a big board draft. We did a private 2022, just like $5 league or $10 league or whatever it was. And it was one of, you know, it was right after they launched the 2022 stuff. And I took Kyle Pitts in like middle to late fourth round, something like that. I took Trey Lance in the ninth or 10th. The ninth or 10th round, I took Justin Fields, whatever. I took, um, I'm trying to think of just some of these kind of, you know, sexy names. But these young breakout type players, everybody's on. Last year, it took a little while, like the, there wasn't all of us, right? There wasn't all of this Spike Week community. There wasn't um o- Peter Overzet and his and his community really hammering these drafts. There wasn't the ETR guys really diving deep into all this, among many other, you know, groups of people really heavily invested in this space. And so, you know, though everybody got into it throughout the summer, but it wasn't like this. It wasn't us. Literally last night we're sitting and people are in the discord like, Hey, I'm hopping in a big board draft and then and it fills It snap fills <laughs> like that didn't exist last year. And so what I think is going to happen in this time, this big board, right. We don't know exactly where these guys are going to get value. Cause we don't know. There's so much we don't know in terms of landing spots on rookies and free agents, but you see how quickly the sexy name, the breakout, the clear and obvious, like Kyle Pitts breakout gets steamed immediately to the early third round, mid early to mid third round. Right. Kyle Pitts is now last year's George Kittle or, and, and Darren Waller. And it happened in the blink of, in the blink of an eye. And so that's going to be the standard moving forward is like, that assumption is being set right now obviously there will be adjustments once we get the rookies and the free agents but that that like assumption about Kyle Pitts and where he's supposed to go is already about to get baked in not like right now and so everybody's on all of these breakouts right jamar chase goes jamar chase is a top top half of the first round pick like a lot of the time <laughs> you know, and I'm taking him. (laughs) Kyle Pitts goes extremely high. Trey Lance, obviously now that Jimmy G is gone, is going to continue to go higher and higher and higher. Um, All these guys that are the clear breakouts, it took longer for them last year to get priced to where they probably should be priced. Now that's happening earlier than ever. And so that's something we're going to have to you know, when we get to June and July and August of next year, the prices are going to have been set. And and if we keep steaming the same players, right? Antonio Gibson got steamed hard because everyone that was interested in best ball got Antonio Gibson fever. And I think that was totally fine. But by the end of draft season, he's going so high. And like, like he like flipped JT's <laughs> ADP. And we saw what happened with, with JT. And it was like that hive mind, which I'm now I'm cutting down to the, to the third one. So we'll, we'll do the first and the third, that hive mind around, honestly, it's around a lot of the right players. And so it's, it's, it's a market efficiency, but it's something we're going to really have to, to think about. Like I've just been doing a bunch of these drafts and you just see every time. I mean, I love, no one loves Trey Lance more than me. I love Javante Williams. I love a lot of these wide receivers. Um, I obviously dislike, you know, some of these old running backs in the dead zone. I dislike, you know, the old pocket passing quarterbacks. But that, that uh, my, the, my, the way I think, the way a lot of you guys think, the way um, the market on underdog is determining, you know, how players should be evaluated is getting more efficient and more efficient. And so this hive mind, like I'm saying, We're like everyone's on the same breakouts. Traylon, like, why does Traylon Burks go so much further ahead of all the other rookie wide receivers? The market, like, and it's—I'm not even saying that it's wrong. I do personally kind of disagree, but I'm not—I don't—I don't think it's really anything worth debating. But everyone has decided that Traylon Burks is the rookie, the superstar rookie, and so boom, instantly he shoots way up. He's going ahead of, you know, tons. Like He's soon he's going to be going ahead of Michael Thomas. He's already going ahead of, of Mike Williams. Definitely, you know, Robert Woods, Brandon Ayuk, Hunter Renfro. He's going ahead of so many guys that I'm not sure that it makes sense, but the hive comes together on guys. And there's not that many, there's not uh, that high a big of a quantity of people drafting at this time. And so when everybody ends up on the same guys, like, the AD, that's what happens to the ADP right the, when the drafts are happening the ADP adjusts based on those drafts that have happened and when it's the same people that all think fairly similar, it adjusts that. The other thing that that maybe is a little bit more of a an advantage, I think personally a little bit more of a market inefficiency is the, just the sup, the super early running backs. There's a huge huge thirst I've drafted a ton of zero. I've basically this is the next thing we'll get to. But I basically, I, I'm, I'm like bar, I'm extreme strategy only in these um, drafts. And it, it wasn't something that I sought out. It's just something that has kind of happened through the flow of the drafts that I've been in. You know, you just happen to get the ADP fall together where you have a robust running back team. And then you just have a massive quantity of wide receivers. But there's so much early running back love take your Jamar Chase and, and take your Stefan Diggs or DK Metcalf or someone like that, CD Lamb, whatever. Take your Kyle Pitts, take your George Kittles, take your those guys. You can just have an absolutely loaded superstar squad of pass catchers. And particularly now, you know, there's more uncertainty and more variance in those running back roles, but there's so many late options. There's so many late options, right? You just, you have to kind of, So you're rolling a roulette wheel. You have to get a little bit lucky on the landing spot for expiation or the landing spot for, for um, rookies or, or the incumbents need to not have somebody come in and steal work from them. But you have this situation where everyone sees how thin the running back pool is right now. And maybe it will be in the summer too, but everyone sees how thin the running back pool is right now. And so like, you feel most comfortable. And and I do too. Everyone feels most comfortable having taken two or three running backs in the first three to five rounds. And then you're good, right? You got your Najis and you got your whatever Zeke's and you got your, you know, you got all these guys. Saquon, which is an interesting guy to discuss now after what we'll see what comes of this rumor mill about Saquon moving on from the Giants. But, you know, there's a very, very limited amount of running backs that people actually feel comfortable with, and you can project strongly into next year. And so all that's doing is pushing up those early at the top. And, uh, like, I mean, it's crazy to me that Derrick Henry goes where he goes after get you know, another year older and injury and all of that. But that's it shows you how weak kind of the, the running back position is. You run out of names that are like from a traditional, if you were drafting a season-long league, you run out of names that you would be feel comfortable starting really fast. And those traditional season-long leagues, that mindset comes into the running back position more than anything. People are comfortable with the wide receiver position in, in best ball, but they're not comfortable with the running back position in best ball. When I can't say, this guy is going to get me – I feel comfortable with the points. This guy is going to get me a weak one. It, we're not even done with the 2021 season, and people still are not willing to embrace the variance at the running back position, right? We just got a freaking report that Saquon Barkley might not be on the Giants. Who the hell knows what's going to happen at, at the running back position? But wide receiver is much more like if you're good, you're good. Obviously, there's free agents and stuff, but like nothing is going to change for Jamar Chase and T. Higgins – Stephon Diggs is still going to be Stephon Diggs, even if they bring some guys in, right? Devontae Adams, no matter where he goes, is going to be Devontae Adams. Exactly what is his value? Of course, it can fluctuate a little bit. But like the running Saquon Barkley could go and be in a 50-50 timeshare and he's going in the second round, right? The running back position is just very different. And so what all this, all this comes together in the last bullet point and being extreme, and that's how I want to approach all, all of these drafts. No one knows shit. None of us know absolutely anything about. <laughs> we don't know shit in September, right? We don't know anything. We certainly don't know anything right now. And so, swing for the freaking fences. Draft if you if you want to draft RB, RB, RB. I I literally just did it last night with a. I think I did JT. I actually drafted Saquon. I think I had a JT Saquon Akers team. I did draft one more running back, like in the 19th round, but I have 12 wide receivers on that team or something like that. Be extreme. Do the opposite. Go crazy, zero RB. Who the hell knows? I really like Kyron Williams as a running back. He could be stone cold useless. But when I draft him on a zero running back team, I would like to just have a bunch of him and these lottery tickets, and I just got a hit on a couple, Right. Find Rashad Penny of last year, find Sony Michelle of last year, find Leonard Fournette of last year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And be extreme in these drafts because there's, there's no, you're not losing anything (laughs) in, in these drafts. And I think this, these early thoughts, it's, I think it's going to bleed into uh, bleed into um, like best ball mania, the puppies, all of that. I I really do think based on these drafts right now, that it's going to bleed into those. Those drafts, um, this ex- this being even more extreme probably than we were before. I think we will be talking about single tight end teams and single quarterback teams and three running back teams, and we'll I think we'll be talking about a lot of of different things, different extreme ideas, um, you know, a lot more of you know scenario based drafts and, and some more extreme strategies that we didn't necessarily talk about talk about uh before so that about wraps it up let's let's hop i i know everybody always everybody always wants to draft everybody always wants to draft so we can hop in uh, let me get rid of this and we can hop in a draft all right uh there's the big board and we're in Oh, I was the last person. Look at that. That worked out well. Kyle says, don't jinx it. No injuries in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Very good point about the Bengals and Cooper Cup. Jericho says, I can't imagine a worse run-pass split for... That's what I'm saying. There's only upside for Jamar Chase and T Higgins. They were, they had their franchise quarterback coming back. This is such a, such a, such an awesome, awesome, awesome point by, by Draco who won the FFPC best ball tournament, by the way, shout out Drico Awesome. Best ball community mind member. And, and all of that. When he listens, you should, or when he listens, when he speaks, you should listen. There's like only upside for J- Chase and Higgins and Burrow and Boyd, they had Burrow coming back off of a terrible knee injury behind one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. So I don't know. I don't know Zach Taylor personally, but you know the typical narrative is Burrow coming back. They weren't going to go and just drop him back 50 times behind a terrible offensive line. So they had to be a little bit more run heavy and then in certain games where it made sense to be a little bit more run heavy particularly early in the year they would we would all be tilting right if you're playing dfs you're losing your shit because oh my god why aren't the Bengals passing they have jamar chase and t higgins and tyler boyd whatever and then as the season progressed we saw you know they would take advantage of certain situations when it made more sense for them to throw next year they have nothing but continuity on the offensive side. The only thing they need to do is bolster the offensive line. Everyone is back. Everyone is back on the offense. And so all they need to do is invest their resources in the offensive line. And so, like, I'm not saying, obviously, injuries and things happen, variance happens. I'm not saying this year was the floor for Burrow, Chase, and Higgins, but it kind that, that's what it kind of feels like. It's at least certainly close to the floor. And I think it only is gonna get get better. So I agree. Stop it, Tony. This year's Lenny will be Lenny. I'm definitely out on Lenny at his, his current cost, but obviously I could be in on Lenny if we'll see what happens. I think I think people are overvaluing Lenny a little bit for sure, but it's possible you know we get we get uh, deja vu all over again right last year we all shit on lenny we pushed lenny way 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 down we overvalued rojo and we over honestly overvalued geo as well and maybe lenny <clears throat> something something like that happens to lenny cuz he has a lot of negative connotation there, around his name for sure yeah paul paul or rich uh, shout out paul paul says already you know lenny lenny is falling but i do think lenny needs to fall he he was his price was egregious. He's a free agent, first of all. The Bucks might not bring him back. He, where is he going to go and have a role as valuable as 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 Tampa? Does it exist? He's probably going to go somewhere and be like on the bad side of a timeshare. That's honestly probably what it's going to happen. So. He was pretty over over overpriced, in my opinion. He really needed to needs to fall a lot further than his ADP. But eventually, that could swing the other way, and obviously, it'll be dependent upon his uh, his summer. <laughs> all right. So, I'm trying I'm trying to accumulate some Javante here into my portfolio before uh, his price gets absolutely out of control, and then I'm going to. Take. Ooh, this is a tricky one because I don't want to do Kamara after the issue from yesterday. Um, you know, here, here's what we're gonna do. I talked about extreme, and you guys know that I love wide receivers, but we're gonna we're gonna have a little fun with an extreme running back team. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Lenny on the card. Tony says, I would love to see Lenny on the cards. That'd be interesting. Um, Especially I'm trying not to be a prisoner of the moment and read into all the social media hype, right? But Kyler Murray unfollows the Cardinals and takes all the Cardinals mentions out of his Instagram or social media or whatever, which is probably bullshit. But it is at least interesting to, to ponder. But like, assuming Kyler Assuming Kyler stays, um, Connor and and Edmonds are both free agents, and so there's a huge gaping hole. I've taken some Eno Benjamin in these drafts. Jonathan Ward is also a free agent. Eno's the only running back left on the roster. I've taken a little bit of of Eno, just like praying maybe they don't invest at the running back position, or at least not too much, right? Maybe he's the backup to a rookie that they draft, or. They just bring back one of Connor and, Ed, and Edmonds, and Eno's the backup or something. So I've done a little bit of Eno, but they're going to bring somebody in. Obviously, they only have one running back on the roster, and um, Arizona would be probably the best landing place for someone like for someone like Lenny. Huh. Instantly, Paul says, "Step into the Connor role." Kyle says, "Lenny, excuse me, Lenny in the James Connor role." Lundar says, "My early big board teams hope the cards re-sign Connor." Yeah, I I feel like I have takes on almost every like kind of free agent situation. <clears throat> you know, um, I'm trying to think of one. Like A. Rob is gone to me. A. Rob's not coming back to the Bears, right? Uh, I don't know. That's the first one that always pops in my head. I definitely don't think Lenny is coming back. To the Bucks, the Connor Edmonds thing with Arizona. No idea. Literally, I I have no idea. They could bring them both back, they could bring one back, they could bring neither back, and I would not. There would never be a, any of those outcomes where I would be surprised. I really have no idea what to do with the Arizona backfield. So, like I said, I'm just kind of like taking a little bit of Eno at the end. I actually haven't really taken, but but I get. Like, Connor looked good, um, particularly in the passing game. Obviously at the goal line, but um, I thought I thought Connor and Edmonds both looked good. That's the thing. I, I thought Chase Edmonds looked just as good as you always expect Chase Edmonds to look in Arizona. Um, just obviously couldn't stay healthy, and then even James Connor couldn't stay healthy at the end of the year. So I don't know. I don't. I, I, that is definitely maybe the most difficult situation um, backfield to like even project because it could be freaking Lenny. It could be one of the two guys they had last year. It could be both of the guys they had last year. It could be freaking Eno. It could be a rookie. I, I really don't know. Yeah, Kyle also mentions Eno and Chris Evans in the last rounds. You, If you go to spikeweek.com, I have uploaded. Um, it's positional right now, but the 2022 very way too, way, way, way too early rankings. And uh, they're both on there. I agree. I like those guys as late round picks. But there's like an infinite amount of running backs we could probably talk about. I don't have this guy on, but this is just a good example of how many running backs there are. I don't, I did not rank James cook from Georgia. And somebody asked me like, do you not like James cook? It's like, I'm fairly I'm fairly indifferent on, on James cook. But if you wanted to make a case for him, like I get it. And same as every rookie running back, if he lands in the right spot with the right um, draft equity, like I think he could be an interesting guy. But like he's one of a hundred guys that we could probably talk about at the running back position. And so that creates more variance, maybe more risk, but it creates more opportunity too because you're able to get guys that have a realistic path at a truly, okay, we're definitely, T.J. Moore is gone. All right, so here's something. I'm taking at the 3-4, uh, yeah, the 3-4 turn, taking Terry McLaurin and Calvin Ridley, two guys who, it's kind of crazy to me, the price on them. Um, you know, Ridley, by the end of the year, was at the 1-2 turn, and I understand people are, like, concerned about him, but, like, I don't know, I'm not concerned. <laughs> Maybe I'm just being totally ignorant, right, and the fact that we haven't heard anything is a big red flag that maybe he's not going to come back or maybe he's going to get traded to a bad situation. I don't know. But to me, the most likely uh, outcome is just Ridley just comes back to the Falcons. And he's like the same guy. Now he wasn't going to pay off the one, two turn price tag, but like he's better than a fourth round pick. Like, what are we doing here? So I have a lot of Ridley and McLaurin, same thing. I'm just just a really good player that we were taking a, the beginning of the third round last year who it wasn't his fault. He had a shitty year. It's the situation he was in. And so just willing to bet on that situation changing and his kind of talent coming through. (laughs) Ethan says, I think I might have this exact start, which is funny, which if you're listening just to the audio, I started Javante and Joe Mixon. I drafted out of the 12 spot. So I had the turn. Javante, Joe Mixon, and then Terry McLaurin and Calvin Ridley. Which is a pretty fun start, actually. Pretty fun start, actually. I'm going to try to turn this into a four QB team, but we'll see how a or four, four QB. Four running back team. But we'll see. We will see how that uh, works out. <clears throat> yeah, just going back to the Bengals thing again, I wanted to double back to Drico's comment like – you had the and um, you had the beginning of the year situation with the Bengals where they were just like <laughs> run heavy you know unbelievably run heavy and then at the end of the year it was a, it was even against the 49ers which would have been really interesting if they if the 49ers had made the super bowl but like i remember i played i don't remember if i played t or chase or one of them in dfs the week against the 49ers and it, and and i think i played Burrow. And like, they kind of got there just because those dudes are so good. But I don't know. They threw the ball like 50% of the time. They're just running Joe Mixon against a dominant run defense. And and the 49ers were playing like practice squad corners. Like it was a, just the most obvious spot to throw. And just, Zach Taylor just wouldn't, just wouldn't unleash it. Same thing with the Broncos game. Another horrible game. Like a totally disastrous offensive output for the Bengals. And I just think, They're just a team I understand. Like, I understand if you have sticker shock on Jamar Chase in the first round, third round T. Higgins, and what, fifth or sixth round Joe Burrow. But I don't know. They're just a team I'm excited for in uh, in 2022. And so I'm not going to leave drafts as it stands right now. We'll see. Things change. I I don't plan to leave uh, underweight on the Bengals. That's for sure. Yeah, as Shane said, thank you, Shane. Like and subscribe. Would love, would love, help us out with the, with the, the YouTube algo or whatever. All the typical things that the YouTube streamers say. Like and subscribe, guys. Like and subscribe. Smash that thumbs up. There we go. Smash the thumbs up. How many like, yeah. <laughs> I think if you say if you accidentally slip up and say you're gonna draft a four QB team, is that does that mean that you have to draft a four QB team? Paul says how many likes for a four QB team? Um this is you're you're really getting uh, the wheels spinning in my head now, though. Putting um <laughs> putting my uh teams up for bid. To whatever like kind of strategy the chat wants me to do typically would be a very very minus ev one right i'll draft a team with only six wide receivers i'll draft a five tight end team i'll draft a four quarterback team i'll i'll do this that the other i'll handcuff all my running backs i'll do all of that for likes for how many likes like how many likes can I get if I if I draft 3 running backs in the first 3 rounds and I handcuff all of them? I will do that for 69 likes. That's that's the not this stream. But that's Friday. That's if if I get 69 likes before the Friday stream starts, I will draft 3 running backs in the first 3 rounds and I will handcuff I will handcuff all of them. Spoiler alert for Friday. So that's the plan. Now you guys know. All for 69 likes. It was either 420 likes or 69 likes, but I figured 420 is probably a little, a little aggressive. <laughs> There's only like a 500 and something people in the Spike Week Discord. So 420 YouTube likes would probably be a bit aggressive. Oh, I guess I should pay attention here and stop talking about stupid stupid jokes. Of course, it comes back to me. And Traylon Burks is here. I uh, I know I'm aware that this is ahead of his ADP, but I'm going to take Michael Carter and uh, Dallas Goddard here. If, you, if you've seen my rankings, if you've seen any of my tweets or um, heard me, I'm going to talk too much about Dallas Goddard. I'm sure that his ADP is going to, I'm fairly certain his ADP is going to get away from us, but I'm, I'm, I'm very, 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 very high on Dallas Goddard. Um, and I'm actually, I'm actually like kind of cool with Michael Carter. And I was also intentionally trying to draft a running back there. Um, there's a, there's very, very, um, varying opinions On Michael Carter at this ADP and I totally like I can see both sides um so I'm just trying to mix him in a little bit just kind of buying the you know the second year breakout type thing and hopefully the Jets can make a can make a leap I don't really have actually a dog in the the Michael Carter fight I know some people in the discord were discussing kind of uh both sides with varying opinions and and I totally get both of them um but I'm, but I'm, I'm like like I said We'll we'll just like we're not fading Michael Carter, basically is my my stance. Am I trying to max the big board? No, um. Let me go to uh, completed. Right, yeah, completed. So I've done fifteen. So how full is it? It is you know twenty five percent full, and I'm ten percent in. So I would really have to. I would really have to catch up. I'm definitely not going to max it. Um, I'm 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 trying not to kind of uh, make my life miserable by drafting a million teams right now. My wife would also might divorce me if I drafted 150 teams into a basketball tournament before you know the Super Bowl had finished before the NFL draft had started. I'm already streaming about it. If I drafted 150 teams, it, that might be it for me. She'd probably take the dogs so you guys wouldn't get to hear them on streams anymore. It would be bad, I think. So I'm not going to max it. I'm not going to max it. Tony says slow draft is the way. I will never. I'll do it, you know, like some slow drafts over the course of the entire offseason, but I'm not going ham. On, uh, on slow drafts because Alpha's only. <clears throat> Kyle says Bindle's ninety. Oh, that is that? Oh, you're that's you. That's you. Got it. Got it. Got it. Kyle is Bindle's ninety, and he's going zero RB. Let me pull up the draft board. Extreme zero RB. Now we're talking. Oh, you're you you drafted in the eleven spot right in front of me. Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, Deontay Johnson, DJ, mm, DJ Moore. Love it. Michael Thomas, Kyler Murray. That's a fun start. Got your elite tight end, got your elite quarterback loaded wide receiver core. That's how uh, I liked it. I like to draft that. I, I love to draft that way. That's my, my, my favorite drafts are zero RB drafts, but um, I like to expect, you know, but I experiment in, in everything. On mm-hmm. every different Every different structure. Time to, yeah. Shane says time to crank 100 slow drafts. Eagles. Eagles. Eagles is the draft god, period. Okay. On the clock. Well, first things first. Where are we stand. Unfortunately, my rankings would tell me to take CEH here, I think, and I'm not going to. Oh, who took Woods? This is where I take Woods every single time. But... Anyway, we're going to take Jerry Judy. And Lance is gone. <laughs> who took Lance? Oh, so Paul took Robert Woods, who is, of course, the uh, the player on the thumbnail. And Trey Lance went at the 7-4, 76th overall, you see here. By Beckett. Um I will just touch on Robert Woods. I've talked I've talked probably enough about Robert Woods. I think Robert Woods is one of the best values at wide receiver in the draft. Eventually, he's not going to be. Um, so like he, in my opinion, is the best value probably in the big board. When BBM gets here, there's too many smart people. I think he's just such a clear and obvious screaming value that he won't be. ADPs will adjust. Um, and like some of these rookies are definitely going to fall, right? Running backs are going to fall. Um, shit, some of the wide receivers are going to fall. There, it, there's only room for growth for Robert Woods and his ADP, in my opinion, unless we get something bad about his injury, like unless we get a really negative injury report or something. Um, or maybe if they bring back Odell, which I don't, I don't, I don't even, I'm not even sure it's possible, but. Um, I think Robert Woods is just like a, total screaming value. And so when we're doing kind of some early lessons learned and all that kind of stuff, like I'll probably way overexposed to Robert Woods in the big board. And that's just going to be part of where I have my Robert Woods. Like he's like, I'm willing. That's something I'm willing to do in uh, this upcoming draft season. Maybe that I didn't do particularly well last year where at that given moment in time, right? You, you snapshot a, uh, a moment in time and there's one, that tournament going on then and the big board is going on right now. And there's X value. Like I'm extremely confident in X value, right? Uh, I have maybe a running back I'll talk about later. I definitely have a tight end, but I think Robert Woods is one of those guys. I'm going to be way overexposed to Robert Woods in the big board knowing That like in BBM, I'll probably be whatever at the field. Like I'm not like like Robert Woods is not like a, like a guy that you're just like, holy shit, that's a league winner. He's going to be a first round pick next year. Like that. So in BBM, that guy is not, you know, when his, when his price is where it should be, what the sixth round or something. Like that's not really that interesting. Like who gives a shit how much Robert Woods you have in this, when he is like a, Sixth round pick, and he's going in the ninth. Like, I'm, I want to be eighth, ninth, whatever. I just want to, that's when I'm going to be overweight, that guy. And we move on to the next, (laughs) you know? But in BBM, I'm trying to win a million dollars, not trying to get closing line value. So just a, yeah, Kyle says, you got to get your guys. Shout out to, shout out to Liam at Chess Liam. Go Bills. 2020 on Underdog, winner of BBM2. Same thing for Tony, is in the chat. Tony is in the chat. Felix Castro, winner of DraftKings Millimaker and high school classmate of mine. Shout out, Mascuda High School. Yeah, there you go. Shane already knows it. Shane already knows we're, we're, we're ruining my late-round tight end, but his ADP hasn't really risen, so I don't think anybody else is interested, but Kylan Granson is 100% my, uh, my late-round tight end guy right now. Well, him and Trey McBride. Trey McBride, if you aren't aware, is a, a rookie coming into the NFL this year, won the Mackey Award. Uh... Now, he is nowhere near the athlete of Kyle Pitts or the or honestly the receiver of Kyle Pitts, but he is uh, a little bit more of a traditional tight end, but he nearly matched. He was 0.1 worse in PFF receiving grade last year than Kyle Pitts was in his last year in college. Um, I don't have it. No, no, I have got her. Derp, derp. I can Okay, hold on. Let's look at the team here. I am on the clock. I have Devontae Williams, Joe Mixon, Michael Carter, Terry McLaurin, Calvin Ridley, Jerry, Judy Chase, Claypool, and Dallas Goddard. Let's just take Rondale. I have two picks at the 9-10 turn. We're going to take Rondale. Boy, quarterback's bad. It looks like it's a good thing I'm going... uh, it's a good thing I'm gonna go, probably hyper fragile here because running back is bad. I'm trying to think if there's anything from a late stack perspective I can set up. No, there isn't. But I'm gonna take Michael Gallup. You know, maybe he comes back to Dallas. We'll see what happens with him. I don't really love it, but this I, I found this tier to be particularly difficult to kind of navigate at wide receiver. Um, Christian Kirk is a free agent. Tyler Boyd is back, but I think I think we feel. We should feel pretty confident that Tyler Boyd is not really a high upside pick. Um, Kind of like a a dollar store version of what we were talking about with uh, Robert Woods. Like, you're going to get some weeks from Tyler Boyd that help you. But he's never really... Like, you're never really... Like, you get to the championship with Tyler Boyd, and you're never going to be like, oh, baby. (laughs) Wheels up, I got Tyler Boyd on my team. You're just going to... like. He's on a good offense, so I guess maybe you will be somewhat excited. But you know, so that's just like a meh pick for me. Um, I, I I will draft some, just because again it's the Bengals type of situation. However, you're not feeling really good. Same thing. I like I, I like Jacoby Myers, but you're not feeling super excited. David Bell, I'm so so on as a rookie. I am I am probably going to be quite overexposed to Corey Davis at this at this price, but that was. Fairly early for Corey Davis, you know. So, and same thing, Will Fuller. I like Kenny Galladay. I actually like, but it's just, it's just that it's kind of a tricky range. Sorry, I'm getting uh, way too many, uh, way too many notifications there. Yeah. Alex. Alex says, "Who knows my wife?" that uh, he thinks my wife would be cool with me maxing it as long as I win. The issue is I'm not going to win, but uh, yeah, she probably would 50 K to first place. Can we take it? Can we take a step back and talk about the fact that there is a draw? There is a NFL best ball tournament that only drafts from what, what when did it launch a week ago until the NFL draft, which is, Hold on. You should probably know this off the top of my head, which is April 28th, right? It Close. It, it's A, it's going to fill before then. <laughs> They're going to launch another one. But so we're, there's going to be probably multiple tournaments with 50K plus to first place before the NFL draft. Crazy the space is just out of control. Absolutely out of control. Yeah, I'm 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 not super into Watson, but I get it. I think after the top what five or six wide receivers, you could probably make a case for a lot of these. We all have our personal preferences. Um uh, <laughs> Ethan said I like this take. I really 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 like this take. Ethan says once Sutton, Cortland Sutton goes, part of me dies. Sutton is, I'm trying to find him on the draft board here really quick. Cortland Sutton, oh, he went, he had to go much earlier than normal today. Where the hell is he? Guys, help me. I'm missing, I'm, I'm missing Cortland Sutton, right? Godwin, Williams, Michael Thomas, Mooney, Traylon Burks, Marquise Brown. Am I taking crazy pills? Oh, Jesus. There he is. So good luck to Cortland Sutton in the ninth round. 103 overall, the 9.7 for Cortland Sutton. I agree. That's another guy. I, I, I feel extremely confident we're we're at the floor of Cortland Sutton's ADP. And when we get, you know, into the heart of the summer BBM season, it's only gonna rise. This this is an extremely talented wide receiver who has proven that. I don't think anyone has any doubts about that. The fact that they do have multiple wide receivers and the fact that we don't know exactly who's going to play quarterback for them is keeping it depressed. But I think we all feel really confident that they're going to have a quarterback upgrade. And it's like any upgrade. (laughs) Any upgrade. And Cortland Sutton is just an absolute smash. Oh, boy. I I don't think I've taken... Chase Edmonds yet, but I'm intrigued here. And let me add some of these wide receivers to the queue. Oh god. He, Kyle took Edmonds. Not even I'm not even paying attention. Alright, so first of all, I'm gonna take Josh Palmer because I I would like to bet on Josh Palmer if. Mike Williams is gone. If Mike Williams is gone, Josh Palmer is a smash. On the other side of this, we're gonna we're gonna make a bet that uh, no, never mind. I have Calvin Ridley. I really like Russell Gage. If um, if Ridley is not around, oh boy, five seconds. We're taking Julio. It appears timed out to Julio. Hate my life wasn't prepared drafting with streamers is always plus ev i kind of don't hate julio though i just took julio like twice yesterday <laughs> is that yeah kyle says he's kyle's bragging now about snagging chase edmonds i was 100 percent gonna take chase edmonds i was 100 percent gonna take chase edmonds and josh palmer and uh I had him in the queue and stopped looking at the draft board and just assumed that Kyle wasn't (laughs) taking Chase Edmonds and it 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 clearly shook me. I was shook. I was absolutely shook. That I was so shook that I took a 45 year old Julio Jones. (laughs) Like I had it. I was like, oh, Chase Edmonds here looks nice, and I already know I want to take Josh Palmer. So let's just. Cue those guys up we'll scroll through the list just to see right i'm gonna do this dreamer bullshit make it look like i give a shit right make it look like um entertaining any of these other guys and i was just really just like oh i like this team with edmonds i really like this team with edmonds and then the next thing you know i'm just fucking putzing around sitting here and uh <laughs> Edmonds is gone, and then I end up taking auto drafting Julio Jones. Uh, Ralph Wiggum says, I thought Julio died three years ago. I know I'm going to be at the field, somewhere between at the field and overweight the field on Julio Jones if this is the price. Next year, And I know that that's, I know that other people will be like, aren't you supposed to draft young players? You're supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to be with the ship chasing crew, right? I do a freaking show on Sunday mornings with Ben Gretch on Rotor Grinders, who is the young player truther. Julio did not stay healthy last year, right? It's over. It's over. It's over for Julio. I don't know. I'm willing to see if there's one more year in it. In that body. He when when he was out there, I thought he looked pretty I thought he looked fine. I thought he looked pretty good. I'm willing to see in the 12th round, the 13th round on Julio Johnson. If that burns me like last year was the issue. Taking him in the 4th or 5th round was the issue. And I I there were times that I took him every once in a while last year. Luckily, not much after the trade happened, but still. There were times where I took him. Last year was hor- that that's, that's bad. That was bad. But now that we've learned that maybe, you know, it's almost over for Julio, people are like totally jumping shark. Right? Like, we're all in Kyle Pitts, like, Kyle Pitts is the next absolute superstar, and we're all out Julio Jones. But we do this every year, and sometimes we, we, we do jump a little too early on those guys, the Julios of the world, and sometimes we're a little too early on the Kyle Pitts of the world. And Trust me, I'm, I'm going to draft plenty of Kyle Pitts, but I do think it's at least reasonable with Julio. There you go. 2022 A.J. Green. I like that. I like that. And I mean, you were fine. You you were totally content. And I was out on A.J. Green pretty much last year. But, but you were totally fine and totally content having A.J. Green um, on your team last year. It's crazy because uh, these running backs were like borderline – there goes Robbie. I haven't had a stream where somebody doesn't just snipe the ever living shit out of me. And I can't remember how. I honestly cannot remember. I do need to start taking some quarterbacks. So Daniel Jones is definitely going to be a pick here. And I think I'm going to take two later round guys. Running backs, interesting. Gus would be a somewhat interesting addition to this team. DPJ, and I'm good at tight end. I'm going to take DPJ, though. That's another guy I'm pretty bullish on, DPJ. I just think we, I think he proved his upside this year, even if very inconsistent. Shout out Baker. And um, I would just like to bet on his continued growth, obviously without Odell Jarvis Landry is a free agent. Um, I think he could be a guy, right. That we're just like talking in April, May, whatever about like, Oh my God, where should we take Donovan people's Jones? Should we take him in the eighth round? Right? like I, 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 that type of thing, I think, is, is, in the cards with DPJ. How likely? I don't know. Probably not that likely, but it's in, it's in the cards for sure. Cedric Wilson, um, I kind of hate his ADP right now. To be t- Kyle asked thoughts on Cedric Wilson. I'm, I'm a little bit of a Cedric Wilson truther. I, I think he's a decent um, NFL wide receiver. I think, if anything, the Cowboys are going to do something at wide receiver. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I I find it hard to believe that they are not going to bring anybody in. Right? So Amari is for sure back. CD is for sure back. Michael Gallup is a free agent. Noah Brown is also um, a free agent, Dalton Schultz, is a free agent. I find it incredibly hard to believe that after the year that they just had, they're comfortable rolling into 2022 with a starting three wide set of CD Amari and Cedric Wilson, and Blake Jarwin at tight end. And so, I think I think it's fairly uh, likely is not the word. I think it's very much in the cards that Gallup. You know, Gallup, after blowing out his knee, comes back on a prove it deal to run it back one more time. And maybe he won't be ready to start the season. But obviously, Cedric Wilson is useless if Gallup is back. And even if Gallup is not back, I think that they will either pick up someone useful in free agency or they will draft someone, you know reasonably high not the first round or anything but like i think that they know that they need to upgrade the offense offense honestly like the defense was not amazing but the defense made huge strides this year at least relative to what it was before and honestly the offense was kind of what let them down in the playoffs and down the stretch So I think Dallas is gonna have, uh, gonna definitely keep pushing pushing things on the offensive side. Yeah, this is true. Um, I think I listened to uh, the Take cast with Davis Matic and Josh Norris the other day. That episode is not super new, um, and I love Josh and I obviously love Davis. So I, I probably should have listened to it long before now, but. Uh, Davis mentioned on there that like, you know, he, he's just still not giving up on Baker. He's a Baker Stan. Josh kind of had the opposite opinion (laughs) that Baker is not, is not very good. And I respect both of their football opinions, but I tend to believe that, uh, we've seen so much down from Baker and so little up, honestly, at least since his rookie year that, uh, It's hard to have any faith. It's hard to have any faith in Baker. But if you're into the up down, up down, up down. Yeah. Could be a good could be a good Baker year. God, the running everyone in this draft hates running back. I do think i got to take another quarterback here, unfortunately. This has been a fairly quarterback-thirsty draft here. Oh, baby. I love me some Wandale. Oh, but Hamler is here, too. What's tight end looking like? There's McBur- Son of a bitch. Okay, so we're just going to cue some people real quick here. In five seconds, I have to decide between... One of those wide receivers, Trey McBride, and a quarterback. I'm taking Trey McBride. I, I, I'm i pretty sure I'm going to stand Trey McBride this year. It's just going to happen. Apparently, one of my things is going to be the Mackey Award winning tight end. I'm into Trey McBride. I've taken a lot of Hamler already, so I think I'm going to take Wandale. In this one, if you haven't watched Dale Robinson play, he it like there. KJ Hamler was also this way in college, and so maybe it's silly to take the rookie over um, the guy who's been in the league. But there's something about these guys that like are just goddamn playmakers, and it's hard to you know obviously the box score and their their production and everything somewhat um helps capture it but like you watch wandale so we'll look it up let's just let's just look it up let me share a different screen we're googling we're googling wandale robinson okay 511 i don't believe he's 511 first of all 511 185 no no freaking way Wandell Robinson shiftiest player in college we football. think unusual circumstances from it's complicated taxes.
1: We've got a triple tax like
0: expert like you in Kentucky this is year. Heard it come and go, Money Cause it's close, got them golden Rose. Oh, no. Like case close. Then they cannot then no for a show. Then they cannot for a show. You wanna win in this life of sin. Yeah. Try to Stand on what you own, I can't break the cold, huh? I will never fold okay. we gon push that over. I I mean Um something that uh Silva, Evan Silva, shout out, one of the goats in the fantasy football space. It has always stuck with me, was kind of like, so he would always frame it through like, this guy was a punt returner, this guy was a a kick returner, or whatever. And I've tried to extrapolate it to like, like, so like Wandale is the kind of guy that like they just get the ball to. It's like you just, I mean, the best play in this. 30 seconds of the highlight clip that I showed was him just catching a little quick screen. And like in the S he played for freaking Kentucky in the sec. They're just like, we got to get this dude, the ball and let him go make shit happen. And then he does. <laughs> and then he does. And so, you know, I, I don't know if Wondell Robinson is going to be anything, but um, when I'm targeting Rookies, young guys, whatever. I'm trying to target that kind of a player. Kyle brings up Justin Ross and Sky Moore. I'm not a Sky Moore fan. Shout out to shout out to ship chasing. I saw that they had a big Sky Moore thing, and uh, I'm not a big Sky Moore fan. But Justin Ross is really fascinating because uh, you know he was our the best player on that uh lawrence etn t higgins hunter renfro team What like three years ago um he was a superstar as a fresh like you know he, he's really difficult to gauge he has not produced since his injury um i I part of me does think he looks a little bit worse, but I I feel like I'm applying some um, bias to it because you're watching it and you see really bad quarterback play and just Clemson looks really shitty. And I don't, I I don't know what to do with Justin Ross, but um, Kyle says, if he, if he drops due to injury concern, he's a huge buy. And I think, I think that's reasonable. I think that's reasonable. All right, so as of right now, I am on the clock at the end of the 17th round. I have one quarterback, and it's Daniel Jones. So I'm going to take Malik Willis because uh, he's my he's my top. Him, him and Sam Howell are my top rookie quarterbacks. And I think I'm going to take my fourth running back here. Except my guy is gone, so now I'm screwed. Um, so I am going to take Dearness. I'm going to take Dearness Johnson as my fourth running back and go a little hyper-fragile with Javante, Joe Mixon, Michael Carter, and Dearness Johnson. Um, Dearness is a free agent, I believe. And um, I think he proved something this year. I think that this running back class of rookies is not amazing. I think that uh, he has a chance to earn, to earn a job somewhere. Shane is in the chat saying, was your guy Vaughn right there? And yes, 1 million percent. My guy was Keyshawn Vaughn. Where did Keyshawn Vaughn go? CJ. Catch up stain on underdog. CJ took my guy. Keyshawn Vaughn, um, yeah, I'm 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 very I'm very high on Keyshawn Vaughn. It could certainly turn into absolutely nothing, but uh, <laughs> uh, I I think I have eighty percent Keyshawn Vaughn right now. In uh, in a shout out, soccer, day of David Kitchen, uh, the pumper of the Keyshawn Vaughn bags from rotor Grinders. Keyshawn Vaughn was my guy. Yeah, Kyle says it's. I I, I totally agree. This obviously, I I took three fairly early running backs, but like, I I think this draft is like the perfect evidence of why zero running back is like in like if you draft a bunch of elite wide receivers. I still oftentimes in like BBM want to have. A bunch of quantity at wide receiver. Not a bunch is the wrong phrase. But I I don't I don't want to have, you know, seven or eight wide receivers. Like I I just don't want to have that on any team. But in this, if you really drafted a bunch of superstar wide receivers who were just guaranteed stone cold locks to be on their teams and to to have their roles, and you only drafted eight of them. And you draft eight running backs and two quarterbacks and two tight ends. Is that like, I don't see why that's wrong. And as Kyle says that the running backs that are still available right now, like we, for the audio listeners, we have, we're just about to reach the 19th round. And like, if you recall from last year, like Jamal, where Jamal Williams went, where Naheem Hines went, where JD McKissick went, Daryl Williams is here, Trey Sermon, Hassan Haskins, Tyler Algier, Jarrett Patterson, Mike Davis, Zach Moss, James White, Devontae Booker, Tyler Beatty. Like the running backs that are still here are like have like serious paths to like real usable roles. So, like, even if you're not comfortable with like a zero RB structure, that looks awful. Even if you're not comfortable with the zero RB structure, I feel like it is. Just a, a something. You're you honestly got to get over it because, like, when you see this, you need to have some. I'm not saying all. I'm sitting here on a stream having drafted three running backs in the first what six rounds. But you have to be able to to embrace some of this with the potential running back value that is there. Jerome Ford, Kyle says, yeah. Hold on. Ethan is in the chat saying, I draft two to three handcuffs in every structure in this with 20 rounds. When you say you draft two to three handcuffs, do you mean, you don't mean you're handcuffing your running back. You mean you're drafting guys that have only contingent value, correct? That they are, you would classify them as handcuffs. You're not handcuffing your running backs because I think this is brilliant and I agree with this. Anyway, Ethan says I draft 2 to 3 handcuffs in every structure in in this tournament, the big board with 20 rounds. And he says, "Yes, that's true." I love that. I think I I totally agree with that. Like just let let the variance play out in your favor over the course of the next what 8 months, 9 months. All right, I'm on the clock. I'm not taking a running back. I'm definitely taking a wide receiver and I'm also going to take a quarterback. So I'm going to give away my favorite crazy off-the-board quarterback. And then really quickly look through the wide receiver position. I do like Quintez Cephas. I also like Shakir. Yeah, I'll just take Cephas. Um, So I drafted Mitchell Trubisky. I believe I've listened to a bunch of uh, kind of, you know, like real life NFL podcasts and video clips and such. And they talk about Trubisky as the league is kind of on board with the fact that the uh, Bears – Were the issue with Trubisky and he went to Buffalo to kind of just take a year to revive almost his image, learn from Brian Dayball, which is like the perfect spot to help um, reboost your, your stock. And he is now entering a market where infinite teams need a quarterback, like infinite teams need a quarterback and um he doesn't go drafted in these because obviously we don't know if he's going to be a starting nfl quarterback next year but i i feel somewhat confident in either as my second quarterback with an elite quarterback or in a three quarterback build i feel extremely confident making that bet on trubisky um and so i've been doing it quite a bit i think he could land somewhere that. uh He's going to be going way, 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 way higher than than undrafted, basically. Uh, once we get to like BBM season, and um, and 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 I do think this is possible that maybe uh, Tony says he goes to the Giants where Dayball went. That would be uh, net neutral for me because I drafted Daniel Jones, but point still taken. Um, no arguments, no arguments from me. I. Uh, We're about 10 or 11 minutes over. I appreciate you guys staying and hanging out with me. There's two more picks left on the board. I hope hope you guys enjoyed. We'll be back tomorrow here on the Spike Week YouTube channel with uh, the best ball or the, uh, excuse me, the Spike Week football show hosted by Rob Coakley. Last week, a ton of fun. I don't know if you watched. If you haven't watched, I actually recommend it. Going back and watching the Tuesday night Spike Week football show, like I said, hosted by Rob Coakley. I joined him. I will be joining him tomorrow. We uh, talked all the latest and greatest from the NFL. And then we went through the NFC and kind of ranked every team as an offense in terms of are we – you know, from a fantasy football perspective, how like aggressively do we want to attack these offenses? Is it like I'm all in stacking this offense going crazy or I'm all the way out, not interested, no matter what. And we kind of, um, you know, and obviously everything there in between. And I thought it was one of the most interesting and informative exercises that I've done. So shout out, Rob, Um, tomorrow, we're going to do the AFC and then we're going to, double back in the summer and double back during the season and look back at like how goddamn awful and idiotic we were (laughs) with these, with these takes. Um, And then we'll, uh, as always have best ball bros on, on Wednesday. uh, And like I said, drafting on Friday with uh, maybe we'll do something fun. Maybe we'll do something fun to try to, to try to uh, stir up some likes throw up some subscribes but until then i appreciate you guys as always ton of fun thank you for joining me really love this draft had a lot of fun um and uh we'll be drafting again on friday and, and you all see me drafting before then i'm sure i'm sure don't tell my wife though don't tell my wife i'll see you guys later <laughs>